I never knew I was going to start a business until I worked in the industry for almost 15 years. And I hit this moment when I had to make one of those tough decisions that many women face. I was offered this fantastic job and I found out I was pregnant with my third son. And that means I would have had three babies under the age of four. And so I realized that I couldn't do both well and I became a stay-at-home mom. Um, knowing that I wanted to go back to work. And it was during that time that I knew that, number one, I wanted to start a foundation and I wanted to start a company, but I didn't know what that looked like. It was during that period that I came up with the concept. I'm Dan Shulman, president and CEO of PayPal and a longtime devotee of Krav Maga. Welcome to my podcast, Never Stand Still, where I explore some of the guiding principles I've learned in martial arts and interview world-class CEOs, creators, and changemakers about how those philosophies apply to their lives as they perform at the top of their game. Figuring out our purpose can be the North Star to guide each of us to great success. But no matter what you've heard, success doesn't happen overnight or in a vacuum. We must all ask ourselves, how can you figure out what you're on this planet to do? How do you tap into your purpose to help you find the right path? And how can you put your mission into action to start yielding positive results? Kelly Campbell is here to explain how finding your purpose is an absolute game changer when it comes to life, business, and Krav Maga. Hi, I'm Kelly Campbell. I've trained within the Krav Maga Worldwide System for over 20 years. I'm a fifth degree black belt and the highest ranking female instructor in the United States. There are a few things that we can know certainly in life. One of them is our own inner purpose, knowing what we aim to do in life, and aligning that with the power of our actions can help us achieve our highest potential. For Tori Birch, her success begins with purpose and values. From the very beginning, the idea of starting a company and starting a foundation were essentially the same thing. One was the means and one was the end, but they both worked together. Even in the earliest days of building her now billion dollar brand, when she was working out of her home and from her kitchen table, she was driven by her desire to make a positive impact on people's lives. I think I remember that you spent two years working from your apartment with your team while your first store was being established. Like, what was that time like? <laughs> well, the team was me and two other people. Right. So let's start there, <laughs> working at my kitchen table and... I had this idea that I personally was missing beautiful things that didn't cost a fortune. And there was designer and then there was more contemporary. But I felt like there was nothing in between. So I came up with this concept that sort of referenced a brand in the 60s called Jax, but it was great pieces that were impossibly hard to find and just an incredible price point. But it was a retail concept. So from day one, I launched with a store and an e-commerce site. And I'll never forget it because people told me in 2004 that no one would ever buy online. Isn't it funny how that prediction has aged? 
Online shopping is such a regular part of life these days, and it's totally taken over so many aspects of our lives and our mailboxes. It's hard to imagine a time when we couldn't go on our phones, select an app, and in a few clicks have whatever we desire right at our doorstep. However, just two decades ago, e-commerce was still a radically new frontier. And Tori was a trailblazer, and she proved that when you're working with cutting-edge technology, you can't let arbitrary predictions get in your way. Was there a time during those couple of years where you were getting ready to launch, where you thought to yourself, this just isn't going to work out? I mean, there is no way it's going to happen. Was there ever that like moment of like, what am I doing? Well, there are so many of those moments. I think working <laughs> around the clock, I would, you know, I knew that I had to think about sourcing and supply chain differently. So I went from day one to Hong Kong and really set up uh, meetings there and set up my infrastructure there. So you can imagine with three babies still, or three young boys, and a company that had to deal with uh, the difference in time, just alone, Mm -hmm. of Asia and the US, and then managing this whole concept of starting um, a retail store and e-commerce site. It It was a very busy time. And, you know, you lose confidence at different times, thinking, why am I doing this? How do I have the ability to do this? I knew nothing. I did. I had never gone to business school. I had never gone to design school. I had a lot of great experience from different jobs I had, but really I was starting from scratch. So it was about instinct for sure. And um, believing in a concept, surrounding myself with great people always, and, and just um, taking one day at a time. And I think that's how we approached it. You have to take the challenge of building a business building anything really day by day knowing your purpose gives you a compass to help you align with your mission as you return to it each time it's easy to say you want to help people but it's a lot harder to ask investors especially friends and family to put their money on the line as you pursue purpose over profit Listen, when we, after I started the company, after about a year or so, I knew that I had to fundraise. And that was an interesting concept because also when I went out to friends and family, it ended up being about 150 investors. And I said to them, invest what you want to lose because I was so terrified, number one, of taking people's money. So I really, I felt very strongly about that. But also when I went to the main investor and I've reminded him this many times since, he said to me, never mention the words business and purpose in the same sentence because I talked to him a lot about starting this global lifestyle brand, which was an underused term back then. And I said, it's because I want to start a foundation to empower women. And that was a very foreign concept. It was, um, they basically laughed at me. A lot of men that I met with laughed at that concept. And as you know, better than anyone Companies today are not innovative without purpose. And that's um, such a refreshing new time for business. Yeah, I completely agree. I I mean, I always say that not only are profit and purpose not at odds with each other, but they reinforce each other and lead to more success. And not very many people get that idea. Even today, I think there's some who question it but you and I are both firm believers in that. When Tori started her company, 
she gained success and recognition almost immediately. Both her brand and her public persona really took off. Leading with her purpose proved early on to be a competitive advantage. So you have this one store, I think it was on Elizabeth Street, you have an e-commerce site that you've launched, which nobody really knows whether that's going to work. And like you fast forward and all of a sudden you have something like 250 boutiques across the world. You have a massive e-commerce site with like websites focused on North America and Europe and Asia. And all of a sudden, Tori, you've gone from working in your apartment, trying to get something done to being this worldwide phenomenon. You're a celebrity as well. And that... (laughs) I don't you, like that word. <laughs> I know. No one really does, but it but it happened to you. And I'm curious, like, how did that impact your life? Like your sense of self, just that rise. What adjustments did you need to make? I have a lot of children, as you know. Um, yep. and I never wanted them to be scrutinized or in the public eye. And I never really thought about as I started this company what that would mean. And what it would mean to even be the face or the person that's known to be in front of the company. And in fact, when I started it, I tried to not use my name. I tried to get maybe eight or 10 other names. I launched the company. It was called Tori by TRB, which was a terrible name in retrospect. (laughs) And I was told that by many people. But, you know, this has been a journey of, well, it's been a journey I never could have imagined being on. It's been something that I had this vision but I didn't know how to ever take it from where it started to where it is today. I would never have been able to see that. And it's been the most extraordinary time, a lot of difficult times, a lot of ups and downs. And, um, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you face a new problem every minute, you know, and but it's also been um, surrounding myself with this extraordinary team and this extraordinary purpose. So, I am just grateful. I've always been so appreciative. I guess that I will never be jaded. I look at what this company or what we have all built with our company. And and I say we collectively because it is a group of people that are still with me today that started with me, including my brother, including now my husband, who's CEO as of two and a half years ago. And it's been this journey that um, I'm grateful. And I've always wanted to think about building a business to create positive change. And that's what excites me more than ever. And certainly I feel that we've done a fair amount, not to the point of what you've done, because I'm so impressed with what you do at PayPal and what you have done to change people's lives. But listen, that's um, something I'm super inspired by and want to keep going because I feel that we've made a lot of progress, but we have a lot that we want to do. January 2020 was one of the all-time best months for Tory Birch, but we had no way of knowing that COVID was right around the corner. Industries across the board took a big hit, but things were particularly difficult in the fashion industry. Tory was on the cover of Forbes as the spokeswoman for the changing retail industry. I think one of the best months ever for Tory Burch brand was like January of 2020. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, the pandemic hits. I think Forbes magazine, you're even on the cover of Forbes. I think Forbes called it a fashion apocalypse. Uh, I think <laughs> if I got that right. So tell me how that impacted you, what you had to do, you know, some of the feelings that went through you during that time, because you always talk about your team and how close everyone is, but you had to take really hard actions, I think, at that point as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, as you mentioned, that January was our record January. And then all of a sudden, it it reminded me of 2008, but much worse. Yeah. And the problem was, we had no visibility. And we also had this overwhelming feeling that we had to protect our team. And that was with, obviously, healthcare and salaries. And we just all of a sudden realized that we were in the middle of this apocalypse, as you mentioned. Yeah. But we had 320 stores that were shut globally. And um, we just didn't have any visibility on when that would end. So we almost set up a war room in, in our home. And literally, thankfully, I had Pierre-Yves as a partner to work through this devastating situation and time. And I would say we've always been close, but I have to say crisis has a way of bringing teams closer. And our team is so fantastic and has never been closer. And I have been incredibly amazed at the strength, the tenacity, just us coming together and, and dividing and conquering and saying, let's prioritize, let's do this first, let's take care of the team, let's think about the complexity of supply chain and then countries closing when you have different things and different parts made in different parts of the world. It was a very tough time. I was watching a business crumble as something that is such a personal expression of me and, and my life and my family and our team. And I can't even describe how amazed I am at the recovery because we thought this would take years to come out of. We were lucky enough to have our e-commerce site that remained open and also different parts of the world opened at different times. But um, it was devastating. I think the idea of having to put people on furlough was incredibly difficult. That was something that I'm proud to say that we've hired most of the people back. We kept them on the payroll for as long as we possibly could. And then the furlough came and it was heartbreaking. I mean, I like giving people jobs. So for me, that was the most difficult part. But I do think they appreciated how we went about it. And we did the best we possibly could. And certainly, I think the teams realized that. So that was a silver lining. And then now we feel even stronger for this crazy time. Yeah. I think my team also kind of went through the same ups and downs and ups that uh, your team did. It was, you know, a roller coaster. But one of the things that um, came out of it, like you mentioned, was the team became closer than it's ever been before. Because, you know, we we didn't just go through the pandemic, you know, which was a health crisis. You went through the economic crisis. You went through social upheaval with um, a reckoning around what, what does it really mean around racial equality? There was one thing after another. But one of the things that I saw, and and you mentioned this, is it kind of also opened our eyes that sometimes the impossible is possible because you have no choice, Um, (laughs) which is like working remotely. Who would have thought you could do that in two weeks? I mean, we had 
remote design meetings and merchandising and planning me everything. It was crazy. I mean, and now now we feel that it's a more refined process. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how we came out of it too. Just a complete adjustment of what work looked like then and what it looks like now. And, and it's really quite different. Tori never wavered. She stayed true to herself and went after her mission of helping other people. She has achieved tremendous success, but as she'll remind you, it may have happened quickly, but it didn't exactly happen overnight. I think there's perception and reality, and a lot of times people think things are an overnight success, and there is no such thing. And I have been through more difficult times than anyone could imagine. Um, Loss, like, you know, many things that we all know and that we all go through. But it's, I try to really look at those things as a learning experience and think about what, what is the message here and how do we turn, how do I turn things into a positive and, and move on and learn? And it's such an interesting correlation to business as well, but also to life. And I think that I really relate to that. I, I think One of the things I was thinking about when I read that is there's nothing worse than standing still when you have to believe in something and you don't speak up. And that comes back to all of the things happening on a cultural level. You know, I I like to think of our company as a bit of an activist brand that said in in a way that isn't preachy. And I think that's a very hard balance. And I think I like to stand not necessarily for politics because I try to stay away from that as much as possible. I cannot stay away from humanity. And I, I think I'm one of the first people in our industry to speak up on different issues of humanity because I have to. It's And it's sort of like standing still. I, I For me, it's just not part of my nature. And I think that no matter how hard you're knocked down, you get up and it's a new day. And that's sort of how I, I look at things. Now, you might be asking, where did Tori develop such a strong sense of self? that can empower other women and help level the playing field when it comes to gender equality. Turns out that her values were instilled at a very young age. Well, I I think it started growing up with a very strong mother who was, I will never forget a conversation. I was very young and I remember she was telling me that in 1972, it was the first time she was able to have a credit card in her name. I will never forget that I had three brothers. And for me, I never, it never occurred to me that women were treated differently. And I was such a tomboy and I was always right in there with them. So uh, whether it was competing in sports or anything, you know, so it was just such a shocking moment for me to realize that, you know, when I graduated from Penn, I might be paid differently than men. Um, not based on on the quality of my work, but just based on the fact that I was a woman. And so I've always cared about women's issues and women's empowerment. It's always been a guiding principle for me. And I knew that I wanted to do something about it. And so I knew that when I, if I ever started a business, and that that would be a big part of the purpose of why I would start a business. And it would be to have an environment where people felt safe and where people could come and go when they needed to. So if you had a child and even a man too, if you needed to go to a doctor appointment, I wanted to have an environment that cared about the quality of the work, but also 
cared about the people. And so for me, the culture was such a critical part of why I wanted to start this company and really think about how looking at our business, we could think in a 360 way of how we could empower women. And that could be everything from design and making women feel confident to the culture and, and thinking of this idea of this incredibly safe environment for people. And then just um, really thinking about how do we bring our investors along, but also our customer. And I think um, what I realized is that our customer and, and certainly young customers for sure truly care that we have a purpose-driven business. I think some of the, as I mentioned, the investors in the beginning never wanted to hear about the purpose. And I think that that was an old fashioned way of thinking and certainly I've let them know. So that was part of the difficulties along the way is really getting them comfortable with the importance of our foundation. And until I would say five years ago, because we launched the foundation in 2009. So it's been around for a while, but it took a while to get them on board. And I think that um, we finally have, have shown people the importance of using business to change people's lives. That's the paradigm for me, using business to change people's lives. No matter the industry, we all have an obligation to do our part to give back to society. The ability to go one step further and harness our collective power to change people's lives is truly remarkable. PayPal is a proud partner with the Tory Burch Foundation, and I wanted to discuss some of the life-changing work they're doing to empower and support women. What are some of your proudest moments that came out of the work you've done with the foundation? Well, I mean, we have a fellowship program that we, and you know, I mean, yeah. being part, well, being partners with people like you makes me incredibly proud. Being able to say that we are changing the dynamic in women's lives and, and certainly the fellowship program, um, which you know well, and I just announced 50 new fellows. I mean, meeting so the great. fellows yep. is so exciting, seeing their businesses is so beyond exciting. It's amazing. We're doing our first women in science with Jennifer Dalna and a young woman going to work with her for a year. We have so many extraordinary entrepreneurs. We have a beekeeper that actually puts hives on corporate buildings and it's obviously good for the environment, but it's great to build community. We have a woman who's starting a, a kit for kids that are stuck in the hospital long-term. Mm. So, I mean, these businesses are all over the map. These women are actually reaching a million and beyond. And then when we see that, we see that they're sustainable. And then we've given out over $65 million with our partnership with Bank of America and low-interest loans. I think so those great. are some of the proud yeah. moments. I, I think one thing that I keep thinking about is childcare in the U.S. And until... We figure that out. There's not going to be equality in the workforce. So that's something that keeps me up at night. And I know that you're thinking about that too, is how do yeah, we, we are. Yep. think about that for women? Yeah, that's got to be one of the next things we, we tackle. So you just were talking about the foundation. And I'm wondering, the last year, seen kind of a reckoning of many things from sort of this profound recognition of racial inequality. There's been a rise in hate crimes. You know, you had this economic fallout from the pandemic, you know, and the recovery has been 
uneven. Not everybody has uh, experienced the same degree of, uh, of recovery. Has that influenced either the foundation's work? Has it increased its importance? What's your own personal view now of kind of where we are from a, from a point of view around our society as well? Yeah, I mean, listen, I couldn't be happier that some of these things are coming to light. And I think it's about time. And mm-hmm. there were certain things that we all knew existed, but we're not talking about. And I think that there's nothing more dangerous than not addressing things that are happening in our in our culture and community and not addressing it. So for me, I, I couldn't be happier. I think our foundation in many ways, and certainly the fellowship program has gotten stronger because we've seen these incredible women pivot their businesses to address what's happening on a macro level. But I think the one thing that we know from what's happened over the last year and a half is that we all need to use our voice and speak up and hear people and listen. I guess listening is even a bigger lesson. I find it interesting. I feel highly educated, but I look back at my education and realize a huge deficit in what I learned. And that's a lot of the experience of people of color in the United States. And it's, for me, a time of learning and hearing and listening And then saying, what can we do better? And how do we help improve the dynamic in lives of of people that have been struggling? That's just something that I am passionate about. Yeah, I really agree with that uh, thought around um, continually learning and listening. I think having that humility, knowing for a fact we don't know everything. Also knowing for a fact that oftentimes in this, very politically charged world we live in and culturally charged world we live in, words can come out the wrong way too. But having a an open heart, listening, you know, with good intent um, and figuring out what actions can we put into place? Like so many of the things you're doing, the reason I really admire what you say, but really what you do is because a lot of people talk about things, but you've put into place so many different things. You measure the impact of them. And I think if all of us can learn from that, I, I think we can move things forward and make a make a difference. It may not be, you know, each of us can make a big difference, but if we can each make a small difference, I think it's going to add up to something uh, significant and meaningful. Well, I mean, listen, I've been so amazed at the difference you're making. And I think every difference little or big is monumental. And I think that it changing one person's life is an immeasurable impact. Um, I do relate to what you're saying about arrogance and humility. For me, there's no arrogance. And I, I look at life as not taking any victory laps. It's a work in progress. Uh, my grandmother used to say, you never learn anything with your mouth open. So ah. that was, I've I, I learned that lesson. My father and mother were always good listeners. I talked to my boys about that. But I think now more than ever. And um, I truly think you're the least arrogant person I've ever met. And that's something that I really respect and admire. And it's important for me. I'm so proud, as I mentioned, to be a partner with you and, and all that you're doing because of that. It really means a lot. Thanks, Tori. It means a lot that you sat down with me for this wonderful conversation. What a valuable reminder 
that when we infuse our life and career with purpose, we can make a huge impact on the lives of those who need it most. Staying true to our core values is not only morally good, it's good for business as well. So what can you take away from this conversation to help focus on what you really care about? Can you keep your mission front and center in everything you do? And can you turn your guiding principles into actions with the power to change someone's life? If you want to help advocate and empower women in business, check out ToriBirchFoundation.org. I'm Dan Schulman. Thanks for listening to this edition of Never Stand Still. Kidah.